everyone. Welcome to the 27th episode of our news podcast. This is going from May 30th to June 5th this past Sunday. Uh, I'm out of school. I'm on summer right now, so this will become a lot more consistent than it has been over the past few months. I'm really excited to getting back into this and being more consistent with it. Before we get started, this is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the tools, the tactical handbook for unit leaders, available at mbgearco.com and Amazon as well. Also check out the Freelancers, a media and research collective dedicated to covering modern conflicts with a soft focus on foreign fighters. You can find them on Twitter at CBT Freelancers, Instagram at Freelancers Blog, and their website at freelancersconflictblog.wordpress.com. Also check out Fortress International, a veteran-owned research and analysis firm based near Washington, D.C. I recently wrote my second article for them that was about the potential use of microwave weapons at the U.S. Embassy in Cuba. You could find them on Twitter and Instagram at Fortress underscore INT and their website at FortressLLC.org. Lastly, check out the LARP Bazaar. That's a tactical gear company an apparel company started by myself and two other marine veterans we recently put out some hoodies in the experimental urban t-block camo that was used in the late 90s by the marine corps head over to larpbazaar.com if that's something that you're into and we will get started all right so we're going to start off with COVID 19 numbers and news the week ended with 172 million cases and 3.72 million deaths worldwide there are three countries in the world right now with over 10 million cases that's the us at 33 million india at 28 and brazil at 16. there's 26 countries with over 1 million cases and there are 15 countries with less than 1,000 cases There are 94 confirmed cases of reinfection worldwide. 61 of them have recovered so far. Three have passed away and the rest are still active. The last confirmed case was reported on June 4th, so over the span of this past week. There are also over 55,000 suspected cases of reinfection, of which 104 have passed away. As of June 5th, over 2.09 billion doses of any COVID-19 vaccine have been given in 176 countries. The United States is currently sitting at 41.6% of its population fully vaccinated. And from May 30th, record record cases, excuse me, were reported in Colombia three times. And on May 30th as well, Thailand passed 1,000 deaths from the virus. Also, the Taiwanese government signed deals with Medigan Vaccine Biologics and United Biochemical to provide the country with 20 million doses of both those companies' vaccines, respectively. And Taiwan is currently sitting at about 1% of its population vaccinated. Also on the 30th, Spanish King Felipe VI received his first dose of the vaccine. On the 31st, Japan approved the Pfizer vaccine for use in children ages 12 to 15. This is the first vaccine in the nation to be given such approval. Uh, Palau announced their first confirmed case of an already vaccinated person. The person recently traveled from Guam and tested positive after his 21st day of quarantine. Also, Peru announced a massive correction of the official COVID-19 death toll from 69,000 to 180,000 following a government review of data. The nation has the highest death rate for COVID cases in the world. 
On June 1st, Singapore began its vaccine campaign for more than 400,000 students over the age of 12 over uh, concerns of infections among children. The World Health Organization granted emergency use authorization to Chinese company Sinovac's vaccine. This is the second Chinese-made vaccine to be given such approval by the WHO. On June 3rd, the world hit 1 billion people having received at least one dose of any vaccine. The average number of new cases in the U.S. hit 15.4 thousand. This is the lowest amount since March 28th, 2020. And New York's test positivity rate dropped to 0.4%. That's the lowest rate since the pandemic's beginning. Moving on to Europe and Germany on June 2nd, the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and German Foreign and Security Advisor Jan Hecker met to discuss cooperation on a multitude of issues. This included, but isn't limited to, the upcoming G7 summit, the upcoming NATO summit, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline from Russia to Germany, that's an oil pipeline, and uh, 5G security and forced labor concerns over the world, uh, namely China. Moving on to Denmark on the 31st, the Danish broadcasting company revealed that Danish Defense Intelligence Services assisted the U.S. National Security Agency, NSA, in spying on European leaders. Intelligence was collected on German officials, including Chancellor Angela Merkel. That was a news story a few years ago. Uh, This also included were officials from France, Sweden, and Norway. Officials from the aforementioned countries have all denounced these surveillance actions, and Edward Snowden accused President Joe Biden of being involved in the scandal during his tenure as vice president during the Obama administration. In Russia, a report was released on June 5th by the Russian Federal State Statistics Service that announced that the nation's population declined by 304.5 thousand people from January to April of this year. For that same period last year, the figure was 158.3 thousand. Throughout the nation, the birth rate from March to April dropped about 13.7%. However, these regions saw the worst declines. That was Nenetsk at 38.2%, Chechnya at 24%, Ingushetia at 22.2%, and Magadan at 20.3%. Moving on to Asia. In China, on the 4th, this marked the 32nd anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. In 1989, a month of nationwide protests led mostly by students numbering in the millions came to an abrupt end when Chinese Premier Li Peng ordered Tiananmen Square, Beijing, to be placed under martial law. The People's Liberation Army, which is the uh, military of the Chinese Communist Party, officially speaking, China doesn't have its own military. The party, the ruling party, has its military, so that's the People's Liberation Army. They were ordered, excuse me, to clear the square by any means necessary. PLA troops fired on civilian protesters with automatic weapons and armored vehicles due to the suppression of any information on the massacre by the government. Exact casualty tolls are not known. However, most estimates put the toll at thousands killed and, of course, thousands of others injured. One of the most noticeable images from the protests is the, quote, tank man photo, which depicts an unknown male protester blocking a column of tanks on their way to the square. This week, Microsoft got in some trouble when people searching images for, quote, tank man were given no results for their search. The company blamed, quote, human error, but did not elaborate on that error. 
Bing does have its largest overseas research center in China, and as stated before, the Chinese Communist Party goes to great lengths to suppress any information about the massacre coming to light, which does include coercing, excuse me, Western companies into hiding information as well. Moving on to Middle East, the Syrian civil war is still ongoing, of course. On May 30th, an unknown armed group in the Idlib town of Masutama raided a facility of Shakur al-Sham and killed one of their fighters. Shakur al-Sham is a Syrian rebel militia under the command of the Turkish-backed Syrian National Army. In Iraq, security forces are continuing to root out ISIS cells spread over the country. On the 30th, security forces launched a new operation near the Al-Sadiyya district and Lake Hamran to clear out an ISIS cell operating in that area. The cell is well equipped equipped, excuse me, and has been very active recently. They recently published a video showing the execution of a Kurdish policeman they abducted 18 months ago. The cell does still have other hostages as well. The Iraqi army, police, and the popular mobilization units, which is, of course, that Iranian-backed conglomerate of militias, they are all involved in this new security operation, and they have air support attached to them as well. And on June 3rd, ISIS claimed responsibility for an IED attack in Baghdad's Kadamiya neighborhood that killed at least three people. In Yemen, the civil war in the country is still quite active as well. On May 31st, the Royal Saudi Air Force, RSAF, conducted at least 30 airstrikes on Houthi targets in Marib. On the 3rd, the RSAF conducted at least five airstrikes in Marib. And also on that same day, a Houthi missile targeted the home of Ali bin Garib, who is a well-known tribal leader in Marib City. No casualties were reported, but his home was heavily damaged. On June 5th, a Houthi ballistic missile hit a gas station inside Marib City's Radha neighborhood. 17 people were killed, including at least one child. Dozens of others were wounded. Government media reported that the Houthis launched a drone after this missile impacted, which destroyed two ambulances that were rushing to the scene of the impact. Information Minister Balmar al-Iriani said the attack amounted to a war crime, but the Houthis said they struck a military camp only and that an independent investigation was welcome. Separately, on the same day, the RSAF conducted nine airstrikes on Houthis in Marib. So, obviously, Saudi Arabia is quite active in Marib province. Moving on to Iran, a new report released on May 31st by the UN's International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA, detailed Iran's nuclear program. This agency said that Iran has enriched uranium stockpiles that is 16 times the limit agreed to in the G JCPOA in the U.S. That's more commonly known as the Iran deal, right? Even though we're not a part of it, I believe there's five other nations that still are. So technically the agreement is still in effect, but we were really the only uh, the only force that was keeping that agreement even relatively enforced. And moving on to Afghanistan, assassinations, bombings, and fighting between government forces and the Taliban continued over the week. On May 30th, unidentified gunmen killed Afarah Arif in Kabul's PD5 district. Arif was in charge of policy and planning for the Ministry of Urban Development and Land. He is one of the latest public officials to be killed in a long chain of assassins in the country, in, in Kabul uh, in specific. 
On May 31st, the police headquarters in Baglan, a Makajai district, was attacked in the evening. At least seven security personnel were killed, along with the building's head of internal security. At least 20 security personnel and the district police chief were additionally wounded. The attack began with a car bomb and was followed by gunmen storming the building. They were eventually repelled by security forces. On June 1st, twin bomb attacks in an ethnic Haraza district in Kabul city killed, I'm sorry, in Kabul province killed 10 people and wounded 12 others. A third bomb severely damaged an electric grid in North Kabul. No group has claimed responsibility for that attack, but ISIS has been responsible for similar attacks and has declared war on Shia Muslims in the country. The Hazara are mostly Shia Muslim. Lastly, in Afghanistan on that same day, the deputy head of the Religious Scholars Council in the Western Zone, Malawi Mohammed Kabayani, was killed by unknown gunmen near his home in Injil District. And we will take a quick break and we'll be back with Africa. Back with Africa in Niger, the nation saw continued violence from terrorist groups. On May 30th, Boko Haram fighters attacked the town of Difa, killing four soldiers and four civilians. According to the nation's defense ministry, militants were pushed back in a counter-assault by security forces, and six militants were killed. In Mali, on May 24th, the country underwent another military coup led by Colonel Asimi Goita. This is the same person that led the last military coup in August 2020. The president and prime minister were both stripped of their positions and arrested. In response to that coup, on May 30th, the Economic Community of West African States suspended Mali's membership until the end of February 2020. Or, sorry, February 2022, or when the nation appoints a civilian prime minister, whichever comes first. And in response, France suspended joint military operations in Mali with Malian forces. France has about 5,000 troops in the country as part of the counterinsurgency effort, Operation Barkane. French troops in the country will continue to operate, but they will do so separately of Malian forces. And that will happen until a decision is reassessed shortly. In Burkina Faso, the country continued to be gripped by jihadist violence. On June 4th and 5th, the northern villages of Soham and Tadarat were attacked by terrorists. This led to the killing of at least 174 people. Uh, 14 of those were in Tadarat and 160 were in Soham. This is the nation's worst terrorist attack since at least 2015. The terrorists first attacked a post of the Volunteers for the Defense of the Fatherland Militia, VDP, before they moved into residential areas. No group has claimed responsibility at this time. In the Congo, the Allied Democratic Forces, ADF, continued their insurgency in the country. We've talked about them many times before. Basically, any news podcast, they're, they're always something we talk about. On May 31st, the ADF attacked the villages of Boga and Tchab. Chabi, killing at least 50 people. Grayson Erikan, a local member of parliament, said at the time, quote, they're still finding bodies, so the toll is likely to grow. 
Many people, sorry, many wounded people are still hiding in the bushes, end quote. He also said, quote, the assault was well targeted. They killed two local leaders. In Uganda, on June 1st, four gunmen ambushed a convoy carrying the Minister of Transport, Katumba Walama. The minister was wounded, but his daughter and driver were killed in the attack. Wamala is a former general and former chief of the Ugandan Defense Forces. He suffered wounds to both his shoulders, but is in stable condition. In Somalia, on June 2nd, opposition groups demanded an investigation into an incident where prison guards fired on a convoy carrying former President Hassan Sheikh Mohammed in Mogadishu. The nation's justice minister offered an apology and said the incident was a mistake, but Mohammed said the incident was a plot to kill him. So we'll see what happens with that. In Ethiopia, the country, the war in the country continues and is spreading to regions outside of the Tigray region. On June 3rd, the Oromo Liberation Army, OLA, attacked federal troops in southern Oromia. It's not clear how many casualties were inflicted on the ambushed unit, but the OLA posted photos online showing that they had captured belt-fed machine guns, grenades, and at least 10 rifles. The OLA was the armed wing of the Aroma Liberation Front, OLF, which is a political party that seeks to promote freedom for the Aromo people, similar to the Tigray People's Liberation Front, TPLF. The OLA broke off from the OLF in 2018 after it refused a peace agreement the party made with the federal government. Since the beginning of the Tigray War, reports claim that at least one Eritrean division, the 22nd Division, has been diverted from Tigray to Aromia to fight the OLA. In the Americas, El Salvador on June 5th announced plans to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Roughly 70% of the nation does not have bank accounts or credit cards and therefore rely on cash. Additionally, remittances from Salvadorian diaspora account for more than 20% of the nation's GDP. This move, if approved by the nation's Congress, would make El Salvador the first sovereign nation in the world to make Bitcoin an official currency. In the United States, on May 30th in Halea, Florida, three men armed with rifles and pistols jumped out of a white Nissan Pathfinder near a nightclub and opened fire into a crowd. At least two people were killed and 20 were wounded. The suspects are still at large. A $100,000 reward is being offered for any information leading to their arrest. On June 1st, an active shooter situation was reported to county dispatchers at LA County Fire Station 81 in Agua Dulce, California at 10.53 a.m. LA County Sheriff's Department's Special Enforcement Bureau, that's their equivalent of the SWAT team, and the Homicide Division responded to the scene at 11.18 a.m., by the time they arrived, the suspect had already left the scene in a white 2014 Toyota Tacoma. One person, a firefighter engineer, was killed, and another, a fire captain, was wounded. The man killed was identified as 44-year-old Tori Carlin, a veteran of the department for more than 20 years. The injured man was identified as Captain Arnie Sandoval, 54 years old, and a veteran of both the county fire department and the county sheriff's department. A firefighter later identified as the suspect was soon located by police 10.3 miles away from the station at 2652 Bent Spur Drive in Octon, California. The home was set on fire by the suspect, who was identified as Jonathan Patrick Tatoon, 
and he was spotted by helicopter sitting inside an empty pool with a gunshot wound to the head, which killed him. County records show the home was owned by Tatoon, and he also worked at Fire Station 81 along with the two shooting victims. The fire was eventually put out by water drops from L.A. County Fire helicopters and did not spread to brush outside the property. Captain Sandoval has undergone several surgeries since being wounded, but he is expected to live. GoFundMes have been set up for both him and Mr. Carlin's family. The motive behind the attack isn't 100% clear, but there was an ongoing dispute between Tatoon and Carlin, which has not been specified. On the same day, the State Department announced a $7 million reward for information leading to the leader of Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, Abu Yabada Youssef Al-Anabi. Al-Anabi is the new leader of AQIM and was the group's media chief prior to that. If you have any information on him, you can text one 202-702-7843. You may, um, what's the word? You may qualify for the $7 million reward. And lastly, on June 5th, in a press conference, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said, quote, on a year-over-year basis through the rest of the year, we will see higher inflation rates, maybe 3%. She also said, quote, while the process of return to normal is taking place, you will see some high inflation rates, end quote. You guys have probably noticed a lot of prices going up, so just prepare be prepared for that in the coming months. It's probably something we're going to see a lot of. And I'll I'll finish off by saying that myself and my friend uh, Taylor did another podcast. It's the first one we've done in about a year. That podcast is called the Catwalk Boys. That is completely separate from this podcast, but I'm going to use this platform to uh, promote it anyway. It was pretty interesting. We don't uh, necessarily have um, a specific focus on that podcast. We really talk about anything and everything. On this most recent one we did, we actually talked about this most recent conflict in uh, Israel and Palestine and kind of what's going on over there. And then we got into some of the origins, um, really how that conflict started. I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think a lot of people think that this is a conflict that goes back thousands of years and really had no... um, discernible beginning and and won't have any end. Um, I think we talk about those misconceptions and kind of give the uh, correct uh, facts as to how this conflict really uh, came to head. And we only got into a little bit of it. I I know we're going to do another one in the future because there's just so much um, knowledge to go over. And I think it was good. If you guys listen to it, let me know what you think. Um, I really appreciate that. Any feedback you guys have. And I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and supporting it. It really means a lot to me. You could find this on your favorite podcast apps, Spotify, Google podcast, Apple podcasts, anchor, breaker, overcast, radio public, and pocket cast. You could find us on Twitter and Instagram at analyze, educate, all one word. Again, if you have any feedback about anything, feel free to let me know. I appreciate all of it. And that is all I have for you guys this week. We'll see you around.